Today we will be reading Revelation 6, the opening of the six seals. I'll be reading out of the New King James Version, and I will read the corresponding scriptures out of the Believer's Bible Commentary. But I'd like to open us in prayer first. Father, we give you all praise, all honor, and all glory, Father. I'm asking right now, Father, for wisdom. Help us to understand Revelation 6, Father. Open our eyes to see and open our ears to hear, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The opening of the six seals. Now I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a loud voice like thunder, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse. He who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him. And he went out conquering and to conquer. The commentary explains verse 1 and 2 as... When the Lamb opened the first seal, one of the four living creatures cried out, Come and see. In response, a rider, possibly the Antichrist, carrying a bow, came forth on a white horse, conquering and bent on conquest. This may represent what's known today as Cold War. The bow poses the threat of war, but there's no mention of an arrow. Perhaps there's even the suggestion of missile warfare since the bow is a weapon of distant combat. This rider does not actually cause warfare. It's not until the second seal that peace is taken from the earth. Verses 3 and 4. When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, Come and see. Another horse, fiery red, went out, and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth and that people should kill one another, and there was given to him a great sword. The commentary explains verses 3 and 4. As the second living creature summoned the second rider to come forth, this one carried a great sword and rode on a horse which was fiery red. A sword is used in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Thus the second seal contemplates invading armies in fierce person-to-person -person warfare. The second rider takes peace from the earth. This uh, description of the color red that John uses as fiery red is described as not a normal red. It is described in the Greek as pyros, which would be our, our word that we would use for that would be pyromania. This color red would suggest fieriness or flickering reds, oranges, and yellows like a flame. So the fiery red color would describe heat and ferocity just like an out-of-control wildfire. The second seal plainly represents conflict, war, destruction, and also bloody death. This parallels the second point in Jesus' Olivet Prophecy in Matthew 24, 6-7, where he says, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. 
See that you are not troubled, for all of these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet, for nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. The wording here implies that there will be an expected increase in conflicts due to the stresses of the time leading up to the end. In other words, amplified contention is a precursor of the end time. The red horseman with its fiery red horse, great sword, and relentless aggression is a fearsome symbol of unremitting, intensifying, uncontrolled, horrific conflict. God intends this figure to instill terror in mankind in the hope that he will repent of his enmity and be saved from its destruction and death. And we read this in 2 Peter 3, 9 through 13, that Christ wants everyone to come to repentance. Verses 5 and 6, when he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come and see. So I looked and behold a black horse, and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and the wine. The commentary explains verses 5 and 6 as, In obedience to the third living creature, a rider holding a set of scales came forth on a black horse. This represents famine, which often follows war. A voice in the middle of the four living creatures announced that wheat and barley were being sold at prohibitive prices. The scales were used to weigh the rationed grain and were thus a symbol of famine. The expression, do not harm the oil and the wine, is difficult. Some say that these were the food of the poor. If they were staple items, then they must be protected in order to preserve life. It seems more likely, however, that the luxury items of the rich are contemplated here. Historically, even in famine, the rich can get some luxuries. Verses 7 and 8. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and the name of him who sat on it was Death, and Hades followed with him. And power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beast of the earth. The commentary explains 7 and 8 as, The fourth living creature called forth a pale horse with death and Hades as its riders. Death is associated with the body and Hades with the spirit and soul. By means of war, famine, pestilence, and wild beast, a fourth of the earth's inhabitants are destroyed. We might think that plagues are no longer a threat because of modern antibiotics and wonder drugs. However, the great killer diseases are not conquered, but merely dormant. They can spread throughout the world as fast as jet aircraft carry them. And obviously this commentary was written well before COVID because we see how a plague can spread across the world. Verse 9. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. 
And the commentary explains verse 9 as, Now we are introduced to the first martyrs of the tribulation period, according to Matthew 24, 9. Jewish believers who go out and preach the gospel of the kingdom and who are slain for their testimony, their souls are under the altar in heaven. Verse 10, And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? The commentary explains verse 10 as, They cry out to the sovereign Lord to avenge their blood. As mentioned previously, those who dwell on the earth refers to unbelievers who look upon the earth as their home. Verse 11, Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren, who would be killed as they were, was completed. The commentary explains verse 11 as white robes are given to the martyrs, a symbol of their righteousness. They're told to wait until the final complement of tribulation martyrs is completed. Verse 12 and 13. I looked when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood. And the stars of heaven fell to the earth, as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. The commentary describes verses 12, 13, and also 14 as the opening of, six, of the sixth seal, this brought tremendous convulsions of nature. A great earthquake shook land and sea, and the starry heavens were thrown into disorder. The sun darkened and the moon turned like red blood. Stars, they fell to the earth like ripe figs when the fig tree is shaken violently. The sky receded as if it were a sheet of parchment paper being rolled up. Every mountain and island was displaced by tremendous upheavals. Verse 15, And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man, hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains. The commentary explains verse 15 as, Not surprisingly, all classes of society were seized with panic, recognizing that God was pouring out his wrath. They hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. Verses 16 and 17. And said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? The commentary explains verses 16 and 17. They preferred to be crushed by tumbling mountains and rocks than to endure the judgment of God and the wrath of the Lamb. But too late they realized that no rebel is able to stand up against the Lamb's indignation. Father, we give you all praise, all honor, and all glory, Father. We thank you for your word, Father. Help us to hold fast in these days that we're living in, Father. Give us strength, Father, for these days. 
These days are getting darker and darker, Father, but I pray that as the church shines light into this darkness, Father, that others will come to know you as their Lord and Savior before it's too late, Father. We give you all praise, all honor, and all glory in Jesus' name. Amen.